Good day, everyone. This is your boy, Mr. Political, and Lancers gave me an opportunity to have a conversation with him. Yes, we normally indeed. have these conversations about a number of topics. I'm not an authority. I'm just a conscious individual who happened to be part of the great generation that is last and still competent in our society, I'm what they classify as a survivor. And being a survivor, unfortunately, I was given the privilege to be a host to view a number of historical funerals in our lifetime. And in doing so, it becomes more and more shameful in the midst of the struggle of the behavior of the chosen few, those who took the mark of the Afro-Americans and those who are the Pied Piper of ignorance. And as they wind their web mentally into our people's minds on how we show our grief in the loss of our own brethren by our own brethren, it seems that in the middle of the struggle of police brutality, Mentality that those individuals who have took the mark of the beast of the Afro-American Al Sharptons, uh, Miss Harris, I, I would not disgrace my country by calling her vice president. That is for the ignorance. Uh, she is not of my color nor of my ethnic background. My people are in the ground and she's from another piece of ground. So <laughs> in that, she's not my, she's not my brethren. Uh, my brethren's uh, light, light, damn near bright, do not celebrate holidays do, that they're not part of their culture. You can't claim Kwanzaa when you ain't got a drop of Kwanzaa in your veins. Maybe the Kotec you use, but not your veins. Um, we witnessed this week the most heinous disrespect, but it's up to the family to allow disrespect over one's dead body of one's loved one. I've seen no, no heartfelt grief and hurt by any of these speakers. What I saw was a political rally for a party which know they're done and that they would pull out the old whistle stop of dancing on someone's grave, someone's body, someone's carcass, and being the carpetbaggers that they are and exploiting not only the blue, but the black. It was a photo op. That's a disgrace. And he, it is a disgrace. He was not a perfect, none of us are perfect, but he was damn close. And in a world where black men don't get close very often, he was damn close. The boy worked, the boy skateboard. What, you going to kill somebody to play golf next? What? You can't get no close. He had, no, he had his baby. He was taking care of his baby. If he was a bad person, the mama or the baby would have been and said something about radio body. Because you know they can't hold water. So he was damn near perfect. He was our damn near perfect shining prince. If I can even use that hook. But then to tap on his body. While his grandmother is begging the nation. And all the grandmothers who got grandsons throughout our land. To pick up your cane, pick up your purse. Pick up your wig and your weed and take your ass down to Washington, D.C. and push the black, the black Congressional Caucus to do something about this. Every one of them fools from the Black Congressional Caucus showed up at that man's funeral looking for their piece of fame and trying to show off their new weeds. <laughs> it was so shameful. For the Photoshop, for the name drop. Oh, oh, here go a list of them who gonna be part of the Negro clan one day. So hey, hey, here you go, Al. Oh no, 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 I don't want the list. 
because you know Jay Edgar Hoover outside, so you know I already got problems with him. You know, because you know they got me on that thing when I was running numbers in New York, and I was slinging dough, and I I, I was pimping hoes, and him and Jay Brown was hanging out at the same beauty parlor. You know, I got history now. I'm on Slim Fast, and I I'm trying to look go to the mountain top. <laughs> and they take Tyree with him. He said he going. Why he step on this boy body and climb up the ladder? Now, everybody in their mammy think Al Sharpton the best thing since toilet paper. But if you ain't careful, you better ask Bear Khan and everybody else that he'll give his ass to white. Because that's what he do. Pimping ain't easy. It's the only game in town. Now, me, I'm hurt. I got right to be hurt. Them ain't my kinfolk, but they my skinfolk. And as a man, I served in the military, so I feel that I still have some sense of honor and self-respect for myself as a black man. That means in a nutshell that I will tolerate very little from those who don't serve my shade. Hear what I say? Yeah. That I take very little from those who don't share my shade. So get your paper bag. If you don't match up with me, then you know you better not go fucking around. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because <laughs> it ain't the thing to do. Cut you quicker than cut you quicker than a goddamn watermelon. And, and I'm talking about seed free. That's how I cut you. Then when I cut you, it won't be no seeds in that watermelon. Now, they buried this boy. And that's just a colonial term. He's a man. But that's how we speak about our children when you get to my age. It didn't make no sense. But the true issue in America today the only issue in America today of those of my shade is police reform and zero tolerance and removal of sovereign immunity. It's not optional anymore. They are servants of the people. Even though they come from shady backgrounds, they come from shady legacies, they are to be servants of the people. And to be a service of the people, you must have humility, humility, and know your place. And what we got is at each and every turn, the law of fraternity and law enforcement and its membership have denied the Constitution. They deny who they were for, and they have threatened and terrorized the people. Where is J. When you need him now to remove communist organizations <laughs> and that there should not be any police unions ever again. That they are independent contractors since they cannot be held accountable for all actions that they all participated in at all of the same damn time. Enough. Hear me, my people. When your mothers and your children cry out to you in the streets and your people blood run like years of old and your empathy is such of ignorance because you think you have made it to the mountaintop without but do remember this, that you, with those two eyes, witnessed your own demise. And when you could have saved yourself and you and yours, you chose to play like everything is hunky-dory and everything is fine. The rude awakening the skinny chicken that you value so 
would come home to roost. It was foretold before you, so your ignorance. When your children cry in the streets and your people blood runs in the streets. And those you value, those you worship, those you think are all can only move their political party while they do this pandering over a dead man's body. They were more concerned about their celebrityness, their political party, their association, and drawing other confused minds into the Negro clan, which has sit up and grown in the last eight years. They're not working on your behalf. They're using you as a stepping stone. That you see that their colleges and their association. Three of those five police officers belong to Greek organizations, domestic and it didn't make any sense. Three of them belong to Greek organizations, and one of them, he belonged to such a Greek organization that terrorized their own people. And you reach to the same leadership like they just had this epiphany overnight that this was going on. But this has been going on for six long years. For six long years, you have seen videotape after videotape after videotape after videotape after videotape of the heinous behavior in multicolors in different shades to the point that you saw 438 of them allow almost 19 children to be murdered and then go to the HR department and question their time cards on how they was going to get paid. Hmm. You watch them take an individual even though we can't mention the color because it didn't exist because it's all a figment of our imagination to McDonald's. He just killed people while they was praying. Oh, no big deal. You know them big roads. They pray all the time. Maybe if they do a bit more praying and a whole lot more running, it'd be a lot of them alive today. That's the attitude. When you ask them about the Constitution, Oh, what's that? They went to the same school educational system that I did. And they don't know what the Constitution is. I, I guess I must have been a runaway slave. This man laid there for no reason other than they wanted to satisfy the pleasure of Mr. Charlie. There's rumor that might be a gal involved, but ain't no piece of trim. Yeah, that's why I call it trim, the nappy happy. <laughs> Worth killing your brother over. Nappy happy. <laughs> happy in the nappy. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, some of some of them need to go back to the health department and get a reevaluation. I'm trying to tell you, some of them, I, I'm just saying, you know, I ain't trying to, you know, earmark, I ain't trying to be no used car salesman, I ain't trying to do nothing, I ain't trying to check the model, I ain't trying to turn it back, none of that DMC don't fix no problems. You understand what I'm saying? So, in this, I'm going to stay on task, and we're going to talk about my brother who laying in state. Why the Negro clan is hanging out at the cafeteria getting their hair done and worried about which Negro college their children going to go to and who going to get invited to the speaker's party because we got the first Negro in the speaker's chair. Well, hell, I had the first white drunken lady in the speaker's chair. And your point is, what's the difference between a, a sober black man in the speaker's chair and a drunken white lady in the speaker's chair? <laughs> One of them got an EBT card. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. And the other one get their drinks half price at Costco. All oh, right. Damn. I didn't get no up. I didn't get no up because he's slow talking. 
because at the speaker of the house, him at any time, because as a speaker of the house, he has more influence over the black congressional caucus than any other black man has had in a hundred years in this country. Why can't he ask for sitting hearings? They got sitting hearings on whether or not a man can have a baby. $2.8 million they had worth of sitting hearings on whether or not a man should have a baby. And if he get raped, whether or not he has the right to an abortion. I would, I'm not blowing smoke up your age. It's on this one. This is real. <laughs> Look it up. 2023, a crazy so, world. You know, what they give me, what they give me $1,500 and some snacks, and I'll hold a Senate hearing. For real, though. And they say, well, Mr. Political, and others have questioned my intellect, my intelligence, my knowledge on whether or not. See, I'm, see I'm, I come grassroots. My people used to pick cotton. I don't forget where I come from. And see, I spent just like Alex Haley on water learning how to read and write. And it's a beautiful thing because it builds a conscience. It builds an intellect. Not reading Vibe, the sports page, or listening to ESPN. Ain't nothing wrong with that. If you like to pick cotton. I ain't gonna hate on you, but it's too hot out. It's too hot out there for me. I I, I don't take the whip well. <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> take the whip well. <laughs> I don't, bro. So when we talk about the dead, we talk about our people, and we talk about the feeling of the loss of that loved one. To understand that environment is an environment of mourning. It's an environment of reflection. It's an environment of releasing the anguish and seeking forgiveness within the spirit of that person, in front of that person. That's why black people show up at funerals and they notice how the numbers get thinner and thinner as the bodies become more and more. And to disrespect that as I'm going to call some names because see I don't like to talk about people without dropping their name. So if you got beef, don't roll up on me. It ain't in your best interest. I don't care <laughs> if you do owe no people with the CIA or you owe people with the CIA because you know what? I, I'm, I'm prior military. I'm a firm believer in self-goddamn defense. That's right. And and that go for the boys in blue because your day is done. Don't give me that talking about you want to go home to that fat bitch because I want to go home to that fat bitch too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for real, because we both got fat bitch. And a happy nappy. Okay, so and, no, I don't know about that. If you can get next to it, God bless you. Me, myself, <laughs> I'm going to lean on two popsicle sticks and some scotch tape and hope that she got a strong back against that wall so I can go up and down. That's <laughs> what I'm leaning upon. Because <laughs> we just have the conversation. You know, because old people, and it's a beautiful thing, old people bring enlightenment to men when you prepare them uh, for things uh, like funeral. Uh, this funeral, most young men would not take real close notice to it but it becomes a platform time stamp in their lives. Just like George Floyd, where were you? You understand? Where were you yeah. when the officer went up to that girl? You understand? These are time stamps in our lives as black men in the realm of police brutality. Each and every black man has a story. His daddy has his story. His granddaddy has his story. And then the one that they claim was his great-granddaddy because everybody was getting some. When no condoms, when no DNA test. Okay. He, he got a story, but, you know, nine times out of ten, ain't nobody going to tell his story. Right. You understand? <laughs> and we just happen to be, in me, myself, and speaking from my time stamps in my life. Because see, 
I watch real time them beat Rodney King and then go tell 12 white people it's semi-alley. Oh, that didn't happen. That figured me your imagination. He good. He, I seen him at Dunkin' Donuts that night. For real. That's how it went down. And you know the next thing that happened? 54 blocks went up in flame. And a number of other cities almost united. Just like that. Almost going on 40 years ago. So you want to catch up to the civil rights movement and you want to make it 50 years more of that struggle. Well, I got bad news for you. Okay, because we have inched, we have crawled, we have marched, we even have burned. See, somewhere in there, it's a thing missing when rioting is the voice of the oppressor. You hear what I'm saying? Now, people say, well, didn't you misquote that? No. Because they are getting tired that no one is going to sacrifice their lives any further for the heinous belief of white officers and troll black officers who wear the blue. And before any more young people should sacrifice their lives for these Caucasians and these picking any niggas. We'd rather see those officers dead. We'd rather see them laying the streets so the unions can reevaluate who is competent. Here you go. To be considered to be employed. And that, unfortunately, by Facebook, the United States government, Homeland Security, and all the fuckwads above. <laughs> would be considered a voice of dissension, a voice of provocation. Listen to the words, good people. These words are the same words which were used in 1776, 1774, 1993, 1992, that that girl lied to you and said that baby was yours? That you even voted for Barack Obama? We have a young man laying here that grew up during a portion of that time. And during that portion of the time, his life and his death were already foretold. And then you have the same individuals who foretold and made his life and his death possible to stand over his grave and pander for their political party, stomping for the blue all over the grave. That's what they do. That's what the Democratic Party do. They stomp for the blue over your dead grave. Because you worth more than them dead than you alive as a black man in this country. Even everyone of them, with the exception of Benjamin Crump, who's an ambulance chaser by profession. I see. Yeah, and I like him. And he's an ambulance chaser. I wouldn't trust his ass with four of my fingers. I'd be looking for my thumb. <laughs> But that's what he do. He cut from that cloth. Can he hate the player? What? Well, I hate the game. It's a chess piece. Now, the vast majority of never learned how to play the game. But if you learn how to play the game in chess, you ain't hating on Benjamin Crump. You hating on the rest of them asses. Because they, they, they trying to parlay. 
and you the pond. And they stomping on the grave. At this junction, after we dry our eyes, after the funeral home, remove the flowers and hand it to the loved ones. We move the body in procession past the pews, past the weeping eyes, past the child that's sitting there trying to figure out why is everyone so upset and crying. And as those those good men, we all pray to God that they masons that they lift that body and put it upon that casket. And the family is escorted into the hearse that we can find some sense of purpose for this to occur. That this ugliness is for a supreme reason. That the sacrifice of hanging those creatures, because I ain't forgot, I'm, Mr. Charlie, I'm waiting. The people are on the line. You can call 1-800-STRING-THEY-ASSES UP. <laughs> Drop your nickels and dimes in your stock. You think I'm playing? <laughs> I know you're serious. Because <laughs> that boy is not going to have these fools stomping on his grave, killing him for no reason, and we can't get some out the cut. So if we can't get nothing but police reform out of it, then you know what? He need to be cleaning drawers. He need to be bending over. I need to be putting some money on his canteen so I get him some lifestyle, extra king condoms so old boy can run it in him every night. <laughs> well, no lubrication. No, he don't deserve KY. He don't even deserve good spit. And while you had to just stick it in, don't slap it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to reflect that. You got to deflect that paint. Oh, yes, you got to deflect that. <laughs> okay, so you slap it. <laughs> I know, I know we're making jest of this, but I explained it individual. That's how you get past the paint. That's how you get your mind right to go fight. Because once you get the tears, get the anguish out of you, and you laugh about it, and you can go to the person there so you can get your mind right. Okay, get your mind right, because see, you got to get out there and fight. And I don't mean from no no podium, I don't mean from no conferences, no, no prayer breakfast, none of that bull crap. I was fortunate enough, it can only be God, and I'm have to adequate it to God. I received a phone call because this young lady, we had worked together before, and she just happened to be a, a, a former member of the Negro clan because she's seen the error of her way. And we were talking, and she's still, uh, you, you know, when people have a, an addiction, an alcohol addiction, a drug addiction, um, they tend to gravitate when stress is upon them to their old thinking. So she went She went there and I had to bring her back from, from the darkness. So I hope she wanted to see the light. And I'm explaining to her what's going on here. Now, she's very privileged. She still thinks you know, with her $207,000 household that she's still struggling in Florida. If you black and you bring in over $200,000 a year in the household, don't even, I better not even catch you near the food stamp off. <laughs> I better not see you. I bet not. You better not be trying to buy none from your friends. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. You you don't know nothing about the struggle. You don't live nowhere near the hood. Florida is that kind of strange place, and we're going through some things now that's a key thing. Looking at boy's body, looking at this funeral, a whole lot more funerals. Because no one, even though uh, uh, Mr. DeSantis, see, I, I, I'm a funny kind of creature. 
I don't I, I don't praise other people's vote. And I wouldn't advise anybody black, if you really black, to be praising other people vote. So if all the people that voted for the DeSantis, then God bless you. But last time I checked, he missed the DeSantis to me. He ain't governor. He missed the DeSantis. All right. I seen governors of the state of Florida. Lawton Childs was the governor of the state of Florida. And we ain't had a good one since Lawton Childs. And he was white. And he was a damn good governor. He loved everybody. Old, black. It didn't make a difference who you, who you were. He had his little dirt. They all got dirt. That's how they got there. If he up there, he got dirt. Or he wouldn't be there. So don't be naive. If he in that spot, maybe president, whatever, whether they all got dirt. Because right now, Joe Biden getting ready to get impeached. That's going to be their way out. And they hoping that this boy's dead body and what, hurt, what occurred to him will be their rallying cry, just like George Floyd, to keep the Democrats in office, to keep Joe Biden viable while they come up with his replacement before his Medicaid kick in. Because it's already in there. Bitch getting a check and shit. He got discounts on his prescriptions and shit. The old lady's eating that dinner on a regular. I mean, all that shit's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. He just a figurehead. He ain't running nothing. Okay. They got eyes on Homeland Security and his homeboys, FBI, that fell off. They get ready, like I predicted when the story first came out, they get ready to use this boy in such a manner. He going to look like a blue film when they get through with it. And a lot of young people and a lot of mental people don't know what a blue film is. Do you know what a blue film is? Porn film or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. Oh, it for is real? A porn film. Oh, okay. You know what it is? Yes, I knew them by blue so. movies, not blue films. I heard yeah. the, you know, the old term is blue movies. Well, yeah. we, right, but I'm from California, so we say film. You know, we oh, okay. Ugly, you know, we okay. eat tofu shit. shit <laughs> you know, ain't no more chillings. That's not a delay. Okay, and oxtails cost too much. Now, at this junction, the blue movie. Only shown in movie theaters. Okay. Appointment I was a sailor. I'm sorry. So you, you see these things all over San Diego, <laughs> New York in the old days. Oh, I know. Times Back Square. in the 70s. Hmm? Oh, yeah. It was real, man. I, I knew all the spots. Real. I knew guys that worked in there as bouncers <laughs> that used to train at the gym with me. Yeah. And I'm, I got to go in, hang out. It's like that was my living room. So that's why I got yeah, some stories to tell. Too. Yeah, yeah. Show world. Um, I be in Alabama. Leg out. Yeah, Richmond, California. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. They got the big old screens on there. Pete they sitting there in the dark. It's so many. Oh, who, who? In the 24 oh, hour theaters oh, no. across the street. Where 24 hours either kung fu <laughs> movies or sex movies. You just have to get a flashlight no. that you don't sit in the water sperm. For real. No, bruh, bruh. Look, <laughs> I would make money. I would make money clearing out the coin machines, right? I don't want to touch them, so I give me some gloves, right? Because and then I tell old boys, see, I look, I need half the take because I'm going over to the computer game. Because, see, back in the day, we had to stand up. You push buttons all day long, honey, be all over you. <laughs> you know, new edition, bubblegum girl, you know, all that. And by the way, I have that vinyl, and that vinyl has went up. Okay, so... All you black people out there, start collecting our music before the white people get real wise. Okay, because they doing all kind of stuff to our music like they was there and they was hanging out. And all that. They know they were sneaking and their parents wouldn't allow them to listen to our shit. So don't even try to get brand new because you're old now. And you want to try to get young people to think that the music's worth something after you then sold out with all this gangster and Rico Act music. uh uh, -uh. So we, we have to go back to the film, come back, mm -hmm. come back, come back. So in this, this funeral um, hurt black America. 
But at the same time, with pain come gain. And this shameful expression of exploitation by the Negro panderers from the Negro clan. Uh, Every black American needs to watch this as we move toward 2024, the next election, knowing the things that occurred, knowing that all of all of the celebrities who's supposed to be on your hero list then sold out because the brother said something about a Jew. Okay? When you see that possessions and trinkets from these athletes that are being marketed by these medias as you want your child to be this and this is your proper nigger of the bee. And if you're not striving towards these things, your individuality and your culture means nothing. But this is everything. When you have a governor in the state of Florida that's telling you he wants to remove your existence because it has no conscious value. But every other AP course of every other culture has conscious value. The young lady I spoke about, she made it perfectly clear that she didn't care about those issues. She cleared, she made it perfectly clear she was clear, uh, quite upset about that middle class or whatever they call themselves because they're not middle class. They're only one shoestring away from poverty if they lose their jobs and their money. Because the only thing they'll have when they lose everything is they skin and they shame for believing what they believe. But you can't tell them that. That we all are in this together. We it, and, and, and I hate to use a term that hurts me, but we got skin in the game. That's all we got in the game is skin. So Cut the bum foolery. We have a platform. We have a crack in the door. And Lance and I will have further conversations upon police brutality and the movement to reform police brutality as we view, hear me carefully, as we view this menstrual show that the Democratic Party is trying to put on moving toward 2024. This is Mr. Political. And even though this is a tragic incident, you must look at it from the political aspect. Each and every aspect of life in America affects you from the political aspect. Even your dumb ass going to white parties. We have no more time for children's things. And when our Bible tells us to become a man, we must do what? Put away childish things. We are losing young people, however they want to say it, to individuals who are killing our children in the streets and they belong to an organization that no one wants to talk about. And that is the law fraternity of law enforcement that should be disbanded because they are servants of the people. They should not be allowed to have a union. They're taking those union dues and those associations and they're using that capital for political influence with judges, prosecutors, mayors, and chief of police. This union should be removed. They should not have a right to collective bargaining agreement and that they should be a part of all third party liability suits for the actions of their membership. The minute that officer becomes a member of the law fraternity of law enforcement, he should be a third party litigant to any heinous action 
that his fellow brothers commit. At this junction, they have no recourse other than federal lawsuit and federal action against these police officers because they cannot even bring lawsuit against Memphis. So that leaves not but one group. The law fraternity of law enforcement may it be black or white. Sue they asses, dismember they asses like 1978 when we removed the Ku Klux Klan and its property and its ownership under association. There were RICO acts investigation of that association like it should be investigations of the law fraternity of law enforcement and its unions. Black and white. Mm. We have this opportunity. His own grandmother asked other black women in our community from coast to coast and even overseas to join her in marching on the Black Congressional Caucus demanding investigations of the law fraternity of law enforcement. But see, they don't want to tell you that, that that's the scream right now. Because if too many people hear that and do not focus on this crap that they sling into you, then it could mess up everything. There is no need for the police to have a union. Even in the state of Florida, it's a right to work state. So why they can't be private contractors? They go from place to place any damn time, anytime they get in trouble. That sounds like a private contractor to me. Oh, that's right. They got a union halls of law fraternity of law enforcement in each and every state, each and every county, each and every municipality. Mm. Oh, that's why they just, that's why they going from spot to spot, right? <laughs> so how about we remove the union, we drag the union in under Senate hearings, and we start asking some pertinent questions on how all these heinous people sneaking in the back door, and we got to be obligated. We got to be without our knowledge, unwillingly as tax papers. See, that happened in 1774, 76. George Washington, he out there freaking with some French babe. He came up with this idea before I get these white men to write their name on this shit. Let's see, can we put some fuckery in it? This been on the books for a while. So how about how about we have some Senate here? How about those? 51 how many those Negroes with the bad weeds and, and the plastic surgery and the other children even that, that trick heifer from Houston and bringing her, her niece all on the Senate hearing and got to make her famous how about y'all have a hearing how about you take that slow talking Negro from New York the Speaker of the House and he do something with himself other than jumping some turnstiles and, sing, and slinging some Lucy. How about he do that? But see, we can't have that conversation. That That's too much like right. That's too much like our parents. That's too much like people who want better for their children, want safety for their children. Because see, the law fraternity of law enforcement has already told you they don't mind putting twist ties on your children, handcuffing your children, beating your children, slinging your children. See, that's mental torture. That's making a person accept abuse. And this is all sanctioned by the law of fraternity of law enforcement, its union and its subsidiaries, a.k.a. the Klan. Okay? Now, I screwed up, Brad. I just thought about what I did. No, leave it all hang out. No, because uh, it's not right to project one's feelings about heinous behavior done by one's brethren. I, as a former military, I was always conditioned to see the enemy. That who sit in the foxhole with me is my brother. And what's my brother's struggle is my struggle. Because if we all going to go, we all going to go together. Because ain't no need in them taking their time and taking us one at a time. 
their strength in number. But to see this and to see those those creatures of accidental birth choose to pick that side and to consume his own brothers is a very hurtful thing. And when you tell young men don't kill each other, now I question why. I question why, because if if our people can be influenced by going to Negro colleges and joining organizations such as they have and, and seeking a special privilege by killing their own brethren under the letter of the law, and that's supposed to make them feel empowered, the same empowerment that these Negro leaders say that they should have, that I, all of them has to go. And then you just like let anybody. I'm waiting for the first Oriental to come up there and say, "Yeah, we've been eating chitlins and, 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 and we got hong bongs and you know your <laughs> daddy used to put that Kool Aid." I'm, I'm waiting, you know, and I got that whole cup of uh, Kool Aid with that chopstick. You should see how I was handling business. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm just, I'm be done. You can put me <laughs> in the ground. I'm done. Anything is you possible. Trust me. <laughs> Man, it's out there. It's out there. I mean, I got, I, it, it, it's just hurtful. But it is up to each and every one of us, if we say we care about black people, that we must get in this fight, that we must join together, organize, look at our individual bastions. And true, in all truthfulness, I have left our chief of police alone. Had a conversation with him. He's a very good guy. He understands. He's from Jacksonville. He rejects the Negro clan. We have a black chief of police. And I would love in this environment to have this police officer. It's very few police officers I respect. And I ain't even going to lie to you. I respect none of them some bitches. And they mammies either for opening up their legs. Um, so I must have deep regard for this individual and what he's trying to achieve. But even in his efforts to achieve, and he's got skeletons in his closet and he's done dirt and that makes him a servant. Doesn't make him a friend. Doesn't make him an ally. That makes him a servant. A servant at the bequest and the will of those who have voted and the Bunny, which has been set aside by individual taxes within that community to maintain that law enforcement office, to have it be a stellar example of all things that stand in power of our Constitution. But we must, as citizens, at all time, in between time, know within our heart that we must be always continuously diligent when it comes down to the law fraternity of law enforcement and its criminal activity, its heinous racist behavior, and its ignorant, inhumane treatment of our children. These individuals are not even worthy of aborting their children because there's no need to take good funds and waste it on trash. That's how I look at police officers' children. That's the environment which they have created in America, that nobody even give a damn about their children, and it doesn't make a difference how much money and time that you got newscasters and reporters of the independent and all that try to say all nice things about police mm -hmm. officers. Each and every time you say something nice about a police officer and these tapes are still out there on how they're acting, it makes you look like a liar and a fool. And I don't care if somebody's paying you to get up there and lie to the American people. These go, this goes to the First Amendment auditors when they say dumb shit like all police officers are good, but he's so good he didn't say nothing about what he saw. That's how you should look at it. When you say that this officer's a good one and he, all this and all that, 
why you don't ask the question and why he can't ask on the question. Did you ever see another police officer violate somebody and do somebody wrong or break the law and have him sign the statement saying he did? And he won't sign it because he know he did. So there is no good police officer. A good police officer will sign an affidavit under oath and swear of his life that he never participated, that he never saw, that he never lied on a police report, that he never did any of this and sign his signature with the knowledge that he will lose his life and they will not sign that piece of paper. That's how I know it ain't no good police officer. I would love to see a police officer go on tape, signing that police, signing that statement, saying he never did any of those things. He don't have no knowledge of those things and sign that piece of paper. I can guarantee they won't do it. I challenge the law fraternity of law enforcement to show me one officer to do it. Because they some cowards. They don't have no moral fiber. And if he claim he a Christian, you better check and see if he ain't snatched your Bible. <laughs> okay, they call it stealing in the name of the Lord. <laughs> That's what they call it. Wow. So I'm because I, I look, I look, I, I, I'll even do it. I will take going up to a police officer with an affidavit. Clearly printed, notarize the whole thing on tape and go up to police officers who are parked, take that piece of paper and ask him, sir, could you read this? Would you sign this on tape saying that you never participate, you never saw anything like that, and they will run away from me? That's how sure I am. That's how I know it is no such thing as a good police officer. Because only a good police officer would sign that. Because he has nothing to hide. No one's going to come out of the woodwork. Nobody's going to come and lie on it. He know this. So, in the perspective, as this movement moves forward, and we prepare ourselves for a trial, because we went past the funeral because I, I can't bear to see that mumfoolery again. If I look at it again, I will become totally nauseous. Okay. I can't, I can't already stand politicians and preachers now because they're such liars. So, in the big perspective, all we can do is activism and keep this in front of our people and, and push and urge our people with cardinal facts in a layman. Not the way that they give it. Malcolm X said it best. Keep it simple so the people can understand. Speak in the language of the people and the manner of the people so we can all be on one accord. That's the only way we're going to get through this. And be very voiceless to the powers to be. Not Mr. Charlie's second dripping from his right nut. But the cum stain <laughs> that he left when he led him out of slavery. Oh, man. I'm keeping it real, bro. I'm keeping it real. I know. So if we keep it real and we talking about a real issue because my children are dying in the street. However numbers you think they may be low. How about I kill some of your children and you see how few your numbers hurt you too. See, that's keeping it real. So if you lose one, and your whole world falls apart. Guess what it's been like for the last 400 goddamn years. So don't give me your anguish. Don't give me your empathy. Give me your action. And submit to what is going to occur. May it be voluntarily or may it be feet first. Because if we do not get this right this time, you're going to see a whole lot of Paul Mooney's stepchildren, free white and over 21 being led feet first. <laughs> you think I'm playing? Oh, I know you're dead serious. <laughs> okay. I'm dead serious because I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at who got beef with these fools. 
looking for an excuse to, to erase them or their families. And you can say you strapped for bear and you want a racial war and all like that. But I know the day old Mr. Charlie, when the shooting really gets started, the ones that ain't got nothing to do with it, they're going to shoot the ones who started this shit. That's America. Because it ain't got to be. This a personal, this a personal grudge with the boys in the blue from the law fraternity of law enforcement and the things that they do on the streets. And just like I told you, Antigua, Gettysburg, Shiloh. Okay? It don't make none. We good in this country for killing brother on brother. We just changed the shade of the brother that we kill. Because that's where we going. That's what they want. Because if they don't want that, the first thing they'll do, they say, oh, this is getting out of hand. Let's remove the sovereign immunity. Let's make the union fend for themselves in court, saying that it's justification for them to have a hand on the collective bargaining of negotiation with these municipalities. That's removed their power from negotiation of the collective bargaining. And let's make those officers fend for themselves since they believe what they believe. They don't believe in the constitution. They don't believe that they are servants of the people. They don't believe, they don't believe that they should be held accountable. You reek what you sow. So the response and the only response, you got a choice, reform the police department or remove the law fraternity of law enforcement as a union and remove all petition of participation in the collective bargaining agreement. And that will ensure the safety of the American people by putting them back in their motherfucking places. If this does not occur, just like Johnny Carson in his 1123 and I took the card because I got me an Arab hat on my head and I put the card against my forehead, I see dead white people. Point blank. There you go. That's it. That is. And they and they could say, well, this is not going to happen and we're going to investigate anyone who threatens the police. Okay, good. So then you just sh- you just escalated it even further to bring to bring that kind of protection toward them, knowing what they're doing. And you got videotape and you're still in denial. And your response is to protect them even more so they can continue doing heinous acts against the American people. Are you doing this escalating and killing their families? Because the minute you go out and you try to put more protection on them, put more money in their pocket, uh, that is leading the road to the danger of their children, their wives, and their families and retired police officers. It was a family in America. And they had a beef. And this is ironic. They had a beef over a pig. You hear me? <laughs> For real? They had they had a beef over the pig, and they start killing each other for two decades. You know who I'm talking about? And it all started over a pig. And the name of the family was the Hatfields and the McCoys. And they damn near killed each other out of existence over a beef, over a pig. See, every time you turn around, something heinous happens when you deal with that swine. Get it? Get it, swine? All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know I, it was supposed to be funny, but you got to see the metaphor. You got to see the comparison. But the reason I use that as an analogy is that you got brother killing brother over a pig. You understand? You got grandmother mm-hmm. telling other grandmothers to go to Washington, D.C. over a pig. You got people showing up at our most solemn ritual. Tap dancing over a dead man grave that ain't supposed to be dead 
Over what? A pig. Sweet Jesus. In this, as I take my deep breath, because I'm just flustered. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is your boy. And with the graces of uh, Lance, which is uh, always given uh, support, I will be back. Yes, indeed. This always is your boy. appreciated. Well, it's a, these are moments we need to share, and these are something that we need to look at. And even though uh, uh, Mr. DeSantis won't find any conscious value in this conversation that you and I are having, at least he can rest assured that his son will have this little tape to remind him how much a dickwad his daddy really is. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is what it is, bruh. Because if you pay attention, whenever he speaks, his upper lip always sweat. That's when you know he's lying. That's all you got to do is watch his speeches, and you know when he starts lying, his upper lip starts sweating. That's why he don't have that Hitler mustache no more. <laughs> because he need that sweat. He need that sweat to run out. That's not all that. All that. All that negative body fluid to go to that lying snake tongue in his ass. And this is your boy, Mr. Political. You finished the sentence, and I'm out. Love you much, man. Much love, brother. Thank you so much, man. Let's do this right. ASAP again. <laughs> oh, we will, because we're watching the door and the windows and the back room. <laughs> okay. We got some snakes in this house. We got some snakes in this house. <laughs> like the boy say, we got some hoes in this house. We got some hoes in this house. <laughs> some hoes in this house. There's in some hoes in this house. Hoes in this house. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, uh, Harris, Sharpton, Crump, but you know, he, you know, that's profession. I hate none of the brother. And all them Negroes from the Negro College and them Greeks, all them people. Who bought weave? Get your get your uh, what they call it obituary, so you can have your memories. All that, all that, all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, I'm out of here. All right, I'll brother. Later, later. Thank you so much. All right, bye. peace. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Peace. Make sure to check out the boldest blog at landscurve.com. And follow Scurve on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube under Lance Scurve. Why are we called Negroes? Why are we deaf, dumb, and blind? Why is everybody making progress, yet we seem to be lagging so far behind? Why are we mistreated? Why are we in this condition, stripped of our name, our language, our culture, our God, and our religion? Here in America, all of our religious training has been gotten by the preacher. He has told us of a heaven way up in the sky that we can't enjoy now, but rather after we die. But all of the years that we're living, for us there's nothing but hell, pain, torture, and misgiving. Yet the Bible speaks of a heaven filled with material luxury, which the white man and the preacher has right here, so we see. So my friend, take it for what it's worth. Your heaven and your hell is right here on this earth. So let's check back into history, which rewards all research and tells us plainly that before the white man gained entry to the east, he was living in the caves of Europe, a ravenous beast, eating juniper roots and eating flesh raw, till God sent Moses to civilize him and teach him the law. Then following Marco Polo, an explorer, he gained entry into Asia and Africa. From China, he 
took silk and gunpowder. From India he took jute, manganese and rubber. He raped Africa of her diamonds and her gold. From the Mideast he took barrels of oil untold. Raping, robbing and murdering everything in his path. The whole black world has tasted of the white man's wrath. So my friend, it's not hard to tell. A white man's heaven is a black man's hell. America, we were living in the east, by the Nile River, we were living in luxury, enjoying freedom, justice, and equality, we wore silken robes, slippers of gold, we were the wealthiest and the wisest people, I'm told, now we are the poorest of the poor, nobody wants us at their door. My friend, it's easy to tell White man heaven is black man hell When the white man came to America He told the Indian I am your white brother He said, red man, I'll treat you the best Yet and still he pushed the Indian further west With his white woman and fire water Tricks and lies he stole America The original owner of this nation Is cooped up on a reservation So my friend it's easy to tell White man heaven, black man hell Someone to work the land, his back was too weak. He needed you, black man, so he commissioned Sir John Hawkins to commit the worst, most grievous sin, to take a man who's born to be free and bring him down to slavery, to sell a man as merchandise on his body put a price oh my friend it's easy to tell white man heaven is a black man hell 